you'd like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com or follow us on any of our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, at liveonfourlegspodcast and on Twitter, at liveonfourlegspod. This is good. This is open, honest debate. And that's what it should be. If we keep this back and forth, keep this back and forth, good things will happen. If you don't say anything, you don't know what'll happen. Because we are on the brink of forever. And if we don't participate on where this thing is going, when we're the number one superpower in the world, you want to have a part in it and make sure it's a good thing, yeah? Plus or minus, be active. This is a good thing. <laughs> and away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... Mr. Stone Gossett! Fucking Cameron in the truck. now welcome to live on four legs the definitive live pearl jam podcast and uh the most important thing about this episode is that you gotta go out and vote 100 i'm starting off not with a pearl jam thing but it is a pearl jam thing because this is political pearl jam month that we've been talking about all of october we're going back to this you gotta go out and vote it's the best time to do it. It's the only time to do it and do it now. This is literally like the last chance we can tell you to do it because next week episode we'll we'll release that on election day. But, it, you know, what's done is going to be done. At least talking to you guys today, we can tell you. Go out and vote. Go out and make a difference. And we're going to be talking about a lot of things today that, you know, will we'll hopefully spark that you know that that anger and that uh that desire to to go and vote and uh we'll have a lot of stories from that so randy sobel over here john farrar over there john hello what's up man yeah early voting man i think that's what you're referring to like yeah, i am definitely get out there and if you can like it's it's a great thing to do to kind of relieve the 
the crowds on on election day yeah it's so important yeah if you do absentee do early voting anything you can do makes a difference yeah and uh, you know we use this platform and and people may may not agree with with how we think and how we feel and that and that's okay like that that's just how the way the world uh, is and a lot of what we're going to talk about today is that is that we don't agree with a certain type of people and I'm going to get really into it and really passionate and probably pretty angry about a lot of things today. So if that's like, if you don't like angry, Randy, like (laughs) this one, go, go back and listen to the Frill brothers episode. (laughs) Like this one might not be for you. Uh, but no, it's, it's all tying into political Pearl jam month and what they stand for and what they've always tried to accomplish with, they're using their voice and it's just so important and and, you know we feel like it's important we have somewhat of a platform here where we can talk to people that are like-minded fans that you know some people feel the same as we do some people might not but we feel like it's kind of a responsibility since we do have this platform that we we do this and we say these things to you because we're coming from a perspective where the band this is how they've always been about, and they've also had that kind of inspiration on us where we follow suit in that because we they believed so fondly and, and shared their beliefs, and we, you know, we want to echo that as much as possible because it's what we believe too, and, and if you believe something, you got to say it. That's what this is about. Yeah, I mean, you said it, man. I, yeah. This is Nassau Coliseum 2003. This is the most controversial show in their catalog, I think. But we got a, we got a great show to get to before that starts, though. We, we, gotta, we, we do. We have a long way to go. We have a long way to go. I think we – I have, like <laughs> – I built this up. I, I, I wrote out about six paragraphs of just what was going on at the time and how I was feeling and how – I was seeing the world because I was a a 15, 16 year old living on Long Island in 2003. And, and I remember everything so vividly that it's, you know, it's two years after nine 11. And I just, I'd say these things because I am not trying to paint these folks that will talk about much more detail later I'm not trying to paint them in a light of like you should sympathize with them because we're not I'm not trying to get them sympathy. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to just put you in their mindset and how they feel because they deserve no sympathy. 100% deserve no sympathy, but I I know how they feel. I know what they went through. Everybody that lived in Nassau or Suffolk County I'm from Suffolk County. Nassau County is where this this show happened, Nassau Coliseum. Everybody knew somebody that was involved, that passed away, that, you know, was a firefighter, that was a police officer, that was a first responder. Everybody knew somebody that was connected to September 11th. That was just it. And, and... At the time, it was so fragile. It was so fragile. You know, you couldn't go anywhere and and not think about it, and not see American flags flying, and not see people being affected by it. People and and it made people so visibly upset and angry. We 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 got attacked, and you know, 
not just that, but what made people even more angry is we got attacked by people that don't look like us. So now that turns us turns the anger around into something even worse and it turns into uh, you know it, it turns into racism uh, that they're not even concerned with they're like they feel almost like their their racism is is accepted or warranted because this such such a tragic disaster happened that they were affected by and you know that was the time period and people would were blindly following the president and you know it didn't matter it didn't matter to them whether it was Afghanistan or whether it was Iraq it didn't matter to them they wanted revenge on somebody and they got fucking taken advantage of they got fucking taken advantage of yeah, it's like infuriates me so much their emotions allowed them to be manipulated for political gain which is just a travesty that we don't even really talk about anymore because it i mean with everything that's gone on the last few years it's it's almost ancient history like this revisionist history where george bush is like some some you know silly uncle that like oh he was he wasn't like no this there's some evil there was evil shit going on in 2003 as well it doesn't mean the evil shit going on right now isn't any any worse or better but you don't don't gloss over this time like this that absolutely set the stage for the last 15, 17, 20 years of American politics. Like that was the beginning of, of the, the, the right saying like, Oh, we can, we can use this to manipulate these people and get what we want. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it was war profiteering. That was the worst part about it is that they fricking profited off of American lives. And it just infuriates me. It infuriates me. Like thinking of the Thomas Young story and somebody like that, that thought they were going to Afghanistan to fight for this country. And some politician said, no, it wasn't, it wasn't a good investment to go into Afghanistan because we would have, it would have taken a week and we would have, we would have killed that place. We would have bombed them to death. There there's money in Baghdad. There's money in Iraq. That's what they said. And then you have George W. Bush. That is, you know, everybody remembers. They try to kill my daddy. Met yeah. weapons of mass destruction bullshit yeah. that they that they peddled. Dick, Dick Cheney, Donald Rumsfeld. Oh, like, yeah. Don't even uh, the whole thing and Carl Rove. Yeah, and the whole thing is is looked upon now as, as sort of a joke almost. Like you know, the Republicans will admit that it happened, but it's almost like they just laugh it off now. It's nothing to freaking laugh about, especially what we're going through right now. It's set the fucking stage and opened the floodgates for all this shit to happen. Yeah, like, they're, they're, again, we've we've mentioned it in passing a couple times, but, yeah, 2016, 2020, they, they're absolutely using the, the early 2000s playbook. Like, play up the emotions and, and manipulate them to, to get what you want. That's all that's happening right now, and people are letting it happen again. Yep, yep, 100%. It's, I, I can't. I can't say it better. I can't say much more. And it's just, this is why, this is why we vote. This is why we care. This is why we go out and want to change the world because we feel like the world that we're living in is not up to our satisfaction. I think that because we're going to have so much to talk about later with the actual incident, I do want to talk about just Bush leaguer and what they went through that year uh, with playing it. Um, prior to this show, 
They played it a bunch in Australia and Japan. They're not going to react to it. Like, for the most part, it doesn't really matter to them. So they're playing it, and cool. You know, I, I don't think they brought out the mask, so there's no... There's none of that. There's no, like, entertainment aspect to it, but they're still playing it, and it's, you know, it's getting the same reaction as anything else from Riot Act. First stop on the tour is Denver. We all know this story. Comes out wearing the mask, comes out wearing the silver jacket, the same jacket that he got from uh, Dennis from the Frogs made him. I believe that's the same one from 95. Am I correct? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I I, th- I think it is. I it, I always call it the tinfoil jacket because that's exactly what it looks like. So, you know, he comes out on stage, he does the whole shtick, uh, and the crowd boos, and an article is written in the Denver Post the next day saying that Ed had impaled the bush mask through the microphone stand. Impaled, that's the word that they used, as if to say he was trying to take Bush's head off. Ed responded to that. He says, this is, if everyone will turn to page 270 in your uh, Pearl Jam 20 It's story time, folks. There's a, there's a quote from Ed. He said, it was our first show since the war had started. I'd come out with the mask on and do a dance, a little moonwalk, to let people see George Bush with rhythm, being free. But I can't sing through the mask, so I take it off, take the mic off the stand, and set the mask on there. I have to be gentle, because I want the mask facing forward. Then I sing to him. Somehow this was interpreted as impaling. <laughs> and then he talks about the what, what, the, what was written in the article, and he says, now mind you, it, it was already like the second encore or something, but to say dozens of fans, I think there were 18,000 people there. The story could have been 17,250 people loved the anti-Bush song, but since it was written that way, I guess right-wing media took it as just another thing to jump on that we were anti-American and anti-patriotic, and that became an issue. End quote. There you go, folks. You know, from the horse's mouth right there. So as history would indicate, um, they would wait 11 shows before they played it again, Nashville, Tennessee, it doesn't go over too smooth. It's still the same shtick. It's the same stunt. He makes out with the mask uh, as he would do in this show. And people boo. He makes an offhanded remark that he says to the crowd, see, I'm placing it, gently placing it. Basically, there's no harm done from this, but it elicits some booze and some some reactions but that's just about it but there's really there's really no harm done whether whether people get it or not or like it it doesn't really matter it doesn't make national news it doesn't really garner much attention so this show keep in mind for later this show is nine shows after the nashville show that this had been played so uh, before we get started, I just want to spread some good news because sometimes you just need some good news to weigh weigh in with the bad. And uh, these are some congratulations that we want to send out to two of our friends and listeners and supporters. And we couldn't be more happy for both of them. Uh, first shout out to uh, Live Footsteps, Dave Jantausch. Uh, they just had a baby. Him and his wife just had a baby. Lucas Charles Jantausch. And uh, we're so happy for them. Baby and mom are very healthy, very happy. Congratulations, guys. Congratulations. So congratulations to them. Dave does so much hard work for the community. You guys, 
if you haven't talked to Dave and just picked his brain about what he's doing for his website and how he configures it, you, you got to get a, hand, uh, a handle on it. He's he's just fantastic with with all the stuff that he does. So we couldn't we couldn't be more happier for him. And uh, we also want to give uh, congratulations. You you remember him from a couple episodes ago, Bradley Piasecki. Uh, he's getting married this weekend to his uh, his soon to be wife April. So congratulations to the both of them. Uh, Definitely couldn't be happier for for the both of you guys like great things are happening in life don't let the just the garbage that's surrounding you get in the way of the amazing moments that you're never going to lose and it's I, I you know having a baby in covid getting married in covid are probably the two toughest things that could happen and um i just want to just say to my friends that i'm so proud of of both of you for and your families for you know going through what you've gone through because i know it, it had to have been a challenge that we couldn't have even imagined yeah i mean congratulations to both of you guys like you said that's it's this is this is a tough year for things like that but you absolutely need need things like that during these times so yeah good for them we're happy for you absolutely just want to want to try to lighten the mood a little bit before we you know and and the mood is is pretty pretty loose in this show before we get really angry so you know that, that that's a good transition into all this we get to open up the show and this is very i think this is pretty important because we you know we know what the theme of, of this show is they open up with long run and Long Road goes back, and you know you know that they're always thinking in these set lists. What are we going to do for the crowd that's going to give them a moment that they're they're not going to forget? Is going to give them a moment that's prominent and and personal to them. And if you remember, they played Long Road at the tribute to Heroes show with Neil Young, and um, you know the, the connection to 9/11. It's it's there. They're playing this for a reason. Can I because this like we'll talk about it too this, this show is so dominated by what happens in that in that second encore that yeah you almost nobody ever talks about the the first part of it the first <laughs> 23 songs or whatever but it is oh, it is fantastic like this is a this is a great way to open up the show i love all these 2003 shows there's almost every show there's so many good moments there's so much eventful things happen almost every night something something was brought back some there's good stuff to talk about like 
I love doing these 2003 shows because there, there was so much going on, and this, this little opening section is perfect. I just want to add in from Long Road real, real quick. He changes the end uh, to the past tense. We all walked the Long Road, and I think that's important to note because the tension and the anger and vitriol that comes later, they are opening the show basically telling this crowd that for all that they've suffered they stand with them and that's what they can't freaking grasp ever seen any show in any position a long road going into rearview mirror you have not because this is the only version that does yeah it almost reminded me of that atlanta 94 was releasing the rearview mirror mm-hmm. yeah right yeah. you almost never get it in this era it's kind of turned at this point it's turned the corner and been you know their encore specialty you know, close the shows with it, really ramp up and get the crowd excited to go into an encore or, or uh, maybe, you know, almost close to finish, finishing the show. You get Rear View Mirror in Encore 1 and then you go out for like three more songs in Encore 2 and, and that, you know, the stuff that comes later is, is the most important stuff. But it's, it's a great one-two punch, you know. They pull out some great stuff in the bridge. It's, it's kind of like a little bit Beatles, a little bit Dead. What do you think? Yeah, it, it was it was melodic. I, w- I would follow this one under Beatles, absolutely. Okay. But the thing that stuck out to me was just Cameron just absolutely murdering oh, the drums. This thing was so good. Thank you for saying that. I, Cameron's the MVP of the show. As great as Mike is on this show, Cameron, to me, sounds so good on this show. Yeah, the, and the bootlegs, by the 2003 bootlegs were even a step up above the 2000 shows. Like, they had really gotten some nice recording here. They sound so good. Like, Stone's guitar sounds, sounds so good, like so fat, and like the tone is perfect, like he absolutely destroys, like, and, the, and you can really hear everything that Cameron's doing, it's great. Yeah, I, I think that's probably why, you know, the, just the recording of it and just being able to hear Matt so succinctly, you, know, you can't get enough of that, and just freaking awesome, awesome, awesome stuff in the show. Um, but, you know, Rear Mirror in the spot is kind of fulfilling like a corduroy role, you get a song that's a little bit longer to kind of start you off with the energy uh, instead of like, you know, to transition into your animal and save you and get right, which is interesting, but like in other situations it would be like a hail hail or, or one of those fast three minute songs of whipping or something like that. Um, but that's the section, animal save you, get right. Animal's freaking amazing from this show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the way that Stone is is doing like the extra plucking on it, like it's kind of it's almost got like this dance vibe to it, and oh, whatever he's doing on that is just freaking intense and incredible. Yeah, when I make my notes, I usually go through and star put a star by the songs that I think would make good moments that I thought really good, like the first eight, nine songs all have stars by them on the show. It's fantastic. Yeah, I, I agree. The 
earlier the better from this show and it's not it has nothing to do with the shit that that piles on later it's just they were freaking in a groove at this point felt a little bit sluggish but then they kind of turn it around at the end you get the clapping and you get the everything built so well and it it felt so vicious and felt so it just drove it just drove home man one of the best save you's i've heard in a while i mean that's the song i was thinking about i don't i don't think that was on my i don't think it was on either one of our top 25s it was on my patreon thing okay it was on my it was on my it absolutely should have been. Yeah, the, this is this is a fantastic song. Maybe the best song on Ryder. Save You is one that, like, any time in the set, any moment, like, play this song, and I am fired up. I want to hear it almost every single show. Freaking love it. I, you know, I got, I got no vocabulary. Yeah, to, maybe to maybe the most it. underrated song in their catalog. Uh, yeah, I can second that. I can second that. We can we can have a further discussion on that at another point, but I can second that. Speaking of underrated, and speaking of the best versions of stuff, I think this is probably the best best version of Get Right I've ever heard. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're just on. They're just yeah. on this whole stretch. They are just on. And you you look at Matt's face, and this this is on YouTube. You should definitely go out and watch some of this. You look at Matt's face during the song, and, and this is one of his. But he looks like he's so fired up. He's just hitting at the right moments. He's just... It, feels it he feels it at this moment and, and it's kind of one of those things where they play so often and you know every night it's kind of like all right well we got we got to do the show wherever wherever it is we're, we're just doing the show go out and do it but it feels like this moment almost is identical to maybe like the first time that they'd ever played it like the first time that he really felt that passion he's he's kept it locked in with get right and that's what made it just so freaking incredibly tight and just fantastic sound i've been very critical of the song in the past too so uh this was a nice little change of scenery and turnaround for me yeah i really hope it gets brought back at some point i, I hate to think that we've, we've heard the last version of it it's the longest reigning album song that hasn't been played it's, it's second overall to Just a Girl. Right? Second overall to Just yeah. a Girl. The third yeah. is our our entree for the night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that just kind of tells you how 
this show is seen in this light nowadays. You know, it's so, yeah. so different. Not rare at the time. I mean, they were playing it a lot, but looking back on it, yeah. It's, it's only 17 most, times most total. Things. Yeah. Only 17 times. That, that's really, that's, especially Ride Act Tour. There were, like, 40, 50 shows on the Ride Act Tour just in America alone. Mm-hmm. I think this is only the third time we've covered that song, and we can probably sit here and not cover it for all of 2021. So, you know, take the time and, and really get your fill of it. It's just freaking fantastic. Well, if I have my way, we'll be coming back to 2003. <laughs> well, we are. We, we're going to do a 2003 show. That's true. Yeah, yeah, so. got one coming up yeah and I, I, have, I have some plans for 2003 and 2021. Okay. Yeah, okay. We got to handle We got to handle Ed toasts the crowd, takes a big swig, and uh, says the next song is for anybody who's embraced their independence. And again, the theme for this night, knowing where they are and understanding the circumstances, this is I Am Mine, uh, live at the Garden DVD, how he paid tribute, said it was the first time they were in New York City since, since it all happened. And, you know, they're not in New York City here, but they know the attachment. And uh, this is one that I would think anybody in that crowd that is smart enough to get it should feel this moment. Yeah, it's, they really pick it up. And I, I thought, again, all these all these songs like Rearview Mirror, Animal, Save You, the, the endings are just perfect. Like, oh. it really picks up. I, I, I wanted, and we talked about I Am Mine too, I wanted this to be the one where they just let Mike loose and like like let him go an extra minute, extra two minutes, like right. let him really express himself, let him get into it, but it they just it just cuts off where the, where the album version does, but I, I wanted it to keep going. Yeah, I know. And there was opportunity for it. It's just one of those songs that feels like it's almost boxed in with its time, and maybe you can look at your iTunes or whatever music uh, uh, application that you have and look at all the versions of I Am Mine and they might all be four four minutes and 40 seconds long. They're yeah. all... It's just boxed in. Fucking... They turn on that distortion and you almost never get that sound from that. And that's what I love about this the most. That, that just like... Before going into that mic solo, that... dun 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 Like... They just freaking ramp it up for me. Corduroy mixing in here. This is, you know, this is, it's kind of funny because Rearview Mirror, like I said, would, would, is taking the place of, of a would-be corduroy for the beginning. Mm-hmm. Corduroy is taking the place of a would-be given a fly here almost. Maybe if they had played corduroy, uh, second Ed would have remembered all the lyrics. <laughs> that he, there sure he, was. Yeah, he, he just starts going, la, 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 la. Like always say he's, he's adorable. He he doesn't he doesn't make a big deal out of it. But oh my god, like just rips again. McCready and Cameron at the end just yep. tear the song to pieces. Yep, that's uh, not much not much more to say about that. Listen and, and freaking feel it. You know, uh, the lyrical flub is funny, and uh, 
and Mike is is just freaking on his game, and Matt's on his game. They're all they're all fucking there. They're all there this night. This could have been. Who knows if yeah. that doesn't happen? This could have been up there with like a state college or you know, close. dare I say, one of the Mansfield shows like talked about in that nature from 2003. And instead, it's. It's the most controversial show in their history. So. It's, it's infamous, not famous. One hundred percent. You get two uh, deep cut songs right here: "Present Tense" and "In Hiding." Present Tense, man, they just they build up to that. That the build oh, to yeah. me is is the moment, and then they they hammer it home. They go right through it, and you just feel you feel Mike and you feel Matt again working off each other. Matt's hitting the hi-hats the way that he's hitting the hi-hats timed out so perfectly yeah you can you can see him like during the intro to present tense like back there kind of grooving on his drum stool like kind of feeling the rhythm like he he could not wait to be let loose on the song yeah it's oh it's so good and the and again the way the set list is structured is so good like long road the beginning rearview mirror the fast songs then you get corduroy the fan favorite and then to drop present tense after corduroy is just oh it's perfect yeah you have to think those are two of of my favorite songs and and i would i would be just in heaven getting this back to back i don't i don't know if it ever really happens outside of this yeah i think there's 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 some things the back end of this main set there the set list i think it maybe you know it, it doesn't keep up the pace that this first half does but these first nine songs like you could not write it out any better like it is it is perfectly perfectly done Spend your time home Redigest and pass regrets oh. oh, you can come to terms and realize You're the only one who can forgive yourself oh. up all the albums again you get you get the little the riot act section mixed in with the old stuff and it's oh it's it's perfect it was a joy to listen to yep absolutely in hiding sounds fantastic too yeah. you know it's Stone. Oh. he's going ed is going so high on that part the in high like i've never heard him sing that high before you know he's, yeah it was that it was that time man it was that early you know you're, you're still on the song still you know only five years old by the way in this I just want to throw out, if you're listening to In Hiding this week, uh, change the lyrics, please, to I swallowed my face just to keep from biting, look biting, biting, yeah. <laughs> Had to. Had to. I'm with Biden. I'm with Biden. Start 
So you said the first nine songs, you package them together. The first nine songs are perfect. And even flow is excluded in that. Why? Well, just because it's, it's the thing you always get. Like that's, that's the, that's the marker, right? You get up to even flow is considered the first part of the main set. And yes. It is the, is the second part. But I think even flow is the closer for this first section instead of That's the fair. opener That's for the fair. next section because it's just these versions of 2003 even flow you go back to buffalo you go back to state college and albany a couple of those others that that surround it all of these versions are absolutely top level a plus level mccready stuff like you have to watch the footage and you have to show your friends that you get into arguments with that say, oh, Mark, Mike McCready's okay, but I love Eddie Van Halen, I love Jimi Hendrix, I love uh, Tony Iommi, whoever. And, you know, the, McCready takes a backseat because, you know, when people think of Pearl Jam, they just think of that. Show them this and tell me he's not at that level. And if they come back to you and say, I don't think so, stop being their friend because they don't deserve to be your friend. Punch me Because, in the face. yeah. Right, kick them in the ball. Do whatever you have to do to get them out of your life because they don't deserve to be there. Because just by watching this clip alone, you can tell he is on another level, bigger level than anybody else in this industry, in this world. He's there.
according yeah. to the PJ Twenty book, I think. Yeah. Oh my God, he's 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 on another planet. The way he's able to intertwine just how fast he's playing, and then holding out those notes and being able yeah. to just go back and forth on those, it just like you don't get that at all. You don't get that improvisation at all from anybody. You're on a different, like he's on a different stage than the band, essentially. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned it too. I think some people, I think, get bored with it when he's just doing, just playing fast. Right. But this one really mixes it up. Like you mentioned, holding those notes, and I'm a sucker for that stuff. We talk about immortality and black and stuff. Where when he holds the note, you really know that like he's channeling something. And when even Flo has that, it's oh yeah, it takes it to another level. Like it, this, this, this is not like a boring even Flo solo. This is like. I'm gonna like I'm gonna knock the first three rows back a few steps. You know what this is? If this is for all anybody out there that's uh, you know wants to wants to play. If you're young, I know we got a lot of young listeners that play guitar. If you want to play and you want to study, you don't just want to play. You want to study, study this version of Evenflow. St- don't just listen to it. Study it. I think the thing that people are waiting on Evenflow is they want to know: Did we get? the Never Vote Republican at the end. And I can say... Judges? We are four for four. Four for fucking four. We did it. And, you know, I think we have to try to go five for five because I think next week, because next week is an important show. Like I mentioned before, we're going to release it on election day. If we go five for five... That'll just I, be a bonus. I yeah. feel like that's that's a sign. I don't think it's a bonus. I think it's a sign. We'll see. Exactly. We can't be clairvoyant about it, yeah. so we just gotta we just gotta let that be a little bit of superstition for live on four legs. And we'll we'll keep talking about it. We'll we'll keep bringing it up because I know it is important to a lot of you guys. So and we honestly we don't get a lot of people listening in that are like. Oh, fuck Biden, vote Trump. Like, we don't. So we're comfortable saying all this and, and you know, people not giving and, us the back. You know, like you said a few weeks ago, if if, if this is not what you're into, then come back in November. And yeah. We'll, so those people, they're probably not listening anyway. Yeah, it's right. And we'll have that. We'll have a bit of a cool down. We'll do South America shows and it'll be fun. It'll, you know, it won't be tense or anything like that. It's just we, we got to do these because it's the history and it's it's what it means to the band and what it means to us. So, you know, do it right by by everybody. Mike McCready gets the shout out, of course, and deserves it. And Ed asks everybody, anybody, if they're coming in from the big city and says this one is for the rest of you Uh Elderly woman, Jeremy, you are, this is, you said before the first 10 were on a different level. This is where, you know, the level is, it's starting to kind of level out. You get a little bit of the mid-set lull here, I thought. Yeah, it's just to get, I mean, it's, and that's the thing too. I mean, you, you want to be crowd friendly, especially, you know, in 2003, that's what they were doing. But yeah, even flow small town into Jeremy is kind of a little like, not not boring not blasé but like a little bit like okay we've we've seen this before like right. this is it's a little by the book right and i think that version of even flow you have to think if if before that beforehand if and they're always kind of riding the hot hand with that song cuz they know they're going to play it every night and they have to be thinking about it when ed's making the set he's thinking okay mike has been red hot on even flow we need to 
do something so the crowd can kind of cool off from it a little bit and then build to bring them back into it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's and even flow is is the cresting the breaking of the wave, right? And then you got to kind of rebuild it a little bit. Yeah, and you know, there's good not to say there's not good crowd participation sure. because there is. Sure. There is, you know, Elderly Woman is is a great song to sing along with. Yeah, Jeremy, I don't mean to say that the great. back half of this is bad. It just it just doesn't it, it's not at the level of the first half of that main set, which just smoked like song after song. It was just smoked. Right. And this this back half, it, it it doesn't quite hold up to that. Although there's some great stuff. Yeah, I, Cameron is freaking incredible on You Are. He's incredible yeah. on. He's actually he sounds fantastic on Elderly Woman, which you don't really. Again, that's all compliments go out to Brett Eliason for that and the bootleg and, and just the sound. It, it's one of the best sounding bootlegs that I've heard in a very long time. Oh yeah, did you see? Uh, I liked uh, Stone doing his little shuffle dance during Jeremy. That that was that was pretty funny. Yeah, I, I caught him doing a shuffle at some point in this. The stone shuffle. Yeah, the stone shuffle. Yeah. Did you notice in, in UR they did a little bit of a, a light spectacular? I don't know if yeah. I noticed oh, that, yeah. that song before. But that that's as, as close as they get to doing like a you know Pink Floyd laser light show, you know? Right. After this little section you get the alternate version of I Am a Patriot, which I'm going to be totally honest with you. I'm not very familiar with. I, I don't know why they did it this way. I don't know the history behind it. And I'm hoping to learn here. And I've only heard it a handful of times. And, and when I'm listening to it, I always forget that it's Patriot because I'm so used to the uh, just even the beginning when they do and the river should open for the righteous like that's you know that's memorable and, and you kind of that's your tee up into the song and they don't do that here this is kind of like the no Jeremy version of Patriot yeah it's reworked a little bit it's not the not the acoustic version but it is I think it's just Ed and Matt only from what I what I, what I could hear it doesn't seem like anyone else is playing but uh, yeah just kind of it's a way to kind of create some tension around it um, it almost reminds me of like, like, and I won't back down, like the way they kind of does I won't back down a little bit, mm-hmm. where he kind of builds up, like does a couple of builds in the song that aren't really in the original version. But I like it. You know, I, I like this Patriot this way. It's one of my favorite, one of my favorite ways to do it. You know, I kind of the the thing that I thought about it was it was kind of like if sometimes never got out of its intro. A little bit, yeah. There's a little bit of that in there. Sure. So. I went walking with my girlfriend I was drunk on wine It was the only thing I could do to ease my mind I said I want to run like the lions Release from the cages Release from the with my 
it's not my prefer- preferred version of the song. I like the the slow and the fast. I like when you know they start off slow and then they they bust right into it in, into the chorus. Uh, but you know the, the, this one probably if we go back to it maybe I'll, I'll think of it differently because I'm just a little bit taken aback by it but uh, not not my favorite all right we're ramping up the last four songs of the main set blood not for you and then later better man and porch um, casual blood late in the set Ed slamming the mic stand to the beat really cool uh, blood in 2003 is not gonna sound like blood in 1994 1995 it's a little neutered but it still has that kind of chaotic ending that sounds pretty cool and you know this version of blood doesn't deserve to close a set like a 95 version of blood does uh but like to get it in 2003 feels like you're getting something pretty special yeah it's it's not 94 95 but it's not 2016 or 2018 either it's it's still got a little bit of power behind it i thought it was great but not not for you is the one we got to talk about on this one so good just one thing i want to throw in about blood just an interesting little tidbit they didn't play it live with Matt until the 2002 Showbox shows. Hmm. So they went 1998 and 2000 tours without playing this song. Right, right. So, interesting. Yeah, interesting. one of the last ones, one of the last ones that he learned probably, except for like the really rare ones that they broken out in the yeah, later years. Why go Unleash and shit like that. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. All right, let's, uh, Not For You. Oh, Not For You. We got to talk about this. Like, sure. So good. And I'm, I'm going to need someone to call this number. Six seven nine eight two seven four six nine six. I think is the last one. It's. I went I back and listened to it a couple of times, but again, it, and we're gonna need someone to call that and and just in case to make sure, just let them know that that their phone number is immortalized in this uh, in this Pearl Jam show. I'm sure he's changed it many times since then. But come on, you know, you, you never know. But even even besides that, this is this is again this not for you. It reminded me again of the first part of the set. Just smokes like. Cameron at the end, like uh, the the original outro, so so good, love it. Yep. No, even though Slater Kenny was on this tour with them, no Modern Girl. Just I think this was Sparta, right? I think this Slater Kenny had done some earlier shows. This was Sparta, from what I read. This was Sparta. I think Slater Kenny was the second leg. Right. Uh, Right. More like the Camden and uh, the. Hondo. Through Mexico City, right? That's right, because they, yeah. they they would come out and do stuff. Like yeah, that. the second, the second, and that yeah, the modern girl didn't really start till that, right? Right, right. I, I, they might have done it then, but I think they also really started ramping it up when they were touring with them in, in Canada yeah. in 2005. So yeah, yeah, uh, fantastic version, not for you. Like like I said, Matt is just he's driving everything. It's fantastic. Get it, giving out his number and. He's paper. done that before. I know there was one from the '90s where he did it as well. I don't know if he. And you're not that. thinking self self pollution, right? No, there was a that was different. There's it was during not for you. I think there was there was one from the '90s that he did it. Somebody somebody out there is going to know and send us an email live on Podcast at gmail.com. But race to the finish, folks. Yeah, but this one was uh, oh so good. Yeah. 
Better Man and Porch close out the main set. And my favorite thing about Better Man is that you can, you know, when you get versions of it, you get proof that it could sound really good without any secondary section, without having to break it down and do call and response and still do the tag of save it for later and still get the don't let me down, don't let me down. Like, mm-hmm. I like versions of this that sticks within like five to six minutes that still feel good, that still drive home and, and you know, feel like you're getting ready for the end of the set. I got something for you here. So yeah. if you guys if you guys saw Stone just did an interview and I should have written down where it was. It was on some Oh maybe yeah some streaming radio yeah, something yeah. where he talked about and I think they he talked about or the the interviewer asked him, you know, why wasn't Better Man on ten? Because, like they had the song. Mm-hmm. Right? Can you imagine a ten album with Better Man on it? It's too much. Ooh. That's too much. Ooh. How would it have sounded? How would it have sounded? Oh, like reverb hell. Yeah. Uh, Have you ever heard the version that Bad Radio did? Like the, it's wow, 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 wow. Like it's, no, I, I'm a a no on that, man. But would it have been a huge hit? Would that have been the song? Like instead of Alive, instead of Black, instead Mm of Porch, like would that have been the, the iconic song? No, no, I don't think so. Hmm. I don't think so. I think it's like, it's number four and all that. I wow. think like it's Black Alive and even Evenflo. It's probably ahead of Jeremy. Hmm. But Ooh. like, even but just, to some yeah, people, like, I think release would be ahead of it. I, I, was, I just, I read that in that, from that article. I was like, whoa, like I hadn't even thought of that. Like that they, he had that song. He could have absolutely brought it out to them. Yeah. And just, yeah. Chose to keep keep it to himself. He was very yeah. he was very private about that song. Oh yeah, he didn't, oh yeah. You know, oh, we, we know the story make, absolutely, but it almost didn't make my vitality. So if if Brendan O'Brien had been doing ten, he might have might have fought for it. We might have gotten it, but might have right. Yeah. I think versus there was a little bit of a play to get it get it there, but mm-hmm. uh, it didn't work. But thankfully we've gotten it. Thankfully we've gotten versions like this, and uh, you know feels great. We get a Jeff chant in between. I don't know if you noticed that. Did I you did. Notice? No, I always love the Jeff chants. Yeah, oh, give the bass it, player some love. Absolutely. Yes, yes, absolutely. It, it, and it feels feels good when you get Jeff chants too, because it feels like people in the crowd really are tuned into what the band is doing and care about other things outside of Ed. Porch closes, and it's a fast porch. It's a one, two, three, four fast porch, which I think they were starting to do porch blues at this time. I think that this oh, was yeah. kind of an in and out thing, and this is kind of the end of fast porch. So Matt is once again destroying it, absolutely crushing it, and we get a little bit of a, you know, kind of one of those inside uh, tags there that you really don't notice until, like, it just kind of comes out of nowhere. Sabbath that that's war pigs 
you know? I believe so, yeah. But even before that, like, McCready and, like, Porch's such a weird song. It's like a minute into the song and you're already in the solo. Like, it's right. Very, it's just crazy, but... Mike is doing some like some finger tapping. Like I was like, really? We're gonna we're gonna do some like Van Halen style finger tapping on this? That was a little much for me. Like maybe save the finger tapping for eruption if you're gonna break that out or something. But yeah, like they're just kind of in the middle of the song. Like Mike and Jeff start start going to the little little Black Sabbath there. It was it was very cool. And then it sounded, it, sounded and they different take too. off into that to to Blitz Creek Bar. Yeah, it's, it, it kind of sounded it like. Maybe was he doing the finger tapping during that? It was before. It was before. Okay, because yeah. it sounded different. It sounded like War Pigs, but it sounded like just an alternate reality War Pigs. Yeah, it was, it was weird. I, like I could place it, but I I couldn't place it at the same time. It was like this is this is familiar for some reason, but it it didn't immediately jump out to me. Right. I I, I have a massive massive problem with Black Sabbath songs, and that's you know their massive endings and their exploding endings, and I can't ever remember what the ending to War Pigs and what the ending to Iron Man is because one of them is dun 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 the other is like um fuck and I can't even remember that now like because this one is in my head I usually think that for both of them so anyway cool moment fun participation the crowd was was in it the whole way with the hey ho let's go Patreon. That's the place if you ever want to help the show, support the show. We're not a commercial podcast or anything. We're just two guys that are that are doing this. We don't. We're not owned by anybody, and uh, you know it, it takes a lot for us to do this, and for us, and mostly we just want to be able to do things to give back to everybody. So pitching in and donating and contributing is the opportunity for us to give back to you stuff like that we can you know do raffles we can do send you guys masks and stickers and and things like that we want to continue doing that sort of things because we know you guys like it we want to continue doing things like giving away bootlegs and that's what it all kind of goes into and you know a little bit goes into us you know getting the show 
uh, prepared and getting the show, you know, supported and uh, financially. So those are the kind of things, you know, that that we're doing. And, and, and we just give extra stuff to the people that are kind enough to uh, to join with us on Patreon. Yeah, I think we've got some uh, some new patrons this week to, to shout out. We do, and I just want to thank everybody, and not just the people that I'm about to shout out right now, but everybody for, you know, what we decided to do last week, you know, on the 22nd. It's the off-ramp anniversary, the 30-year anniversary. We did a lot of really cool stuff. If you go back to our Facebook and Twitter, you'll see all 30 moments uh, that we did, this 30 for 30 uh, you know, 30 moments, 30 years sort of thing. Um, and what we did with this off-ramp episode is we put it out for free on Patreon. And a lot of people that aren't patrons came in to, to, to listen to it. And even if they didn't join in to contribute to the show financially, they, they all went over to listen. And uh, I just want to thank them for that because that to us is, is showing that you want to go out there and and try to get our content in any way possible so we did that for you guys because we know you know that that was an important one and you know now uh it's only available for patrons now so uh if you do want the off-ramp episode head on over to the patreon but i want to thank all the people that did join up this week jenny ray thank you to jenny Steve McCallum, Steve, somebody that's been in our uh, trivia, and uh, I think he won that no code record. That's that right. Did yep. yeah. So he's uh, he is a Canadian and he is a friend, and uh, we thank him for his patronage. And Shannon, I don't know if it's Magooey or Magoey. I I'm gonna say it both ways, and she's gonna tell me how it's actually pronounced because I know she is. Uh, Shannon uh, is like Black Circle fanatic. She, I, you know, if you're on the Black Circle pages on Facebook, you'll see her all over the place. She loves them and she's so passionate about it. And uh, she she has uh, chipped into the show and, and decided to donate. And we thank, we thank her, we thank you three, and we thank everybody that was tuning into the off-ramp episode that we did this week. It was, it was one that um, I think both of us are, are pretty proud of, of accomplishing. Yeah, and thanks to those three. Thanks to Steve and Jenny and uh, Shannon so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Yep. Patreon.com slash live on four legs or live on four legs on the Patreon app. That's how you get to us. Support the show any way you can. All right. Let's get into the encore. Ed quickly acknowledges the people in the back and uh, turns around and uh, you can do whatever kind of clapping that you want to do at this point. Oh, I this love was, it. This was a different sounded version because that's playing on the acoustic. It was. it was almost like a little more relaxed. Like it didn't really have that 50s rock and roll vibe. It was more like a campfire kind of folky version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. it. It's, it's kind of interesting because they have played around with this song in you know the in the past and 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 later in later years. The version that I kind of go back to is the first one that I ever heard. It was kind of like a Cabana version. It was kind of like a Jimmy Buffett plays Last Kiss. So if you're going through the tra- trajectory that they kind of start off, it's kind of doo you know, 50 style. And then, you know, this, which is more acoustic campfire, you know, sing-along kind of song. And then uh, I've even heard kind of more rock and roll type versions where there's a little bit of, a little bit of bite on it. So... 
uh, and the Cabana version. So you, know, you get a lot of different versions of Last Kiss. You just don't notice because some people are just like, fuck Last Kiss. We gotta cover everything fairly, and Last Kiss does deserve the credit because it made a lot of money for a very important cause. So that's the most important thing that you need to take out of that. Um, Thumbing My Way comes right after that. I thought it was a beautiful transition uh, and great rendition to kind of get you in this warm-up mode. Um, I think this is always the perfect spot for this song, just like either starting off the encore or, or just as a part of this cool-down kind of section. Yeah, and this is, and you know, you're on you're on the album tour. This is, you, this is when you wanted. Like, it's a Riot Act song, obviously. It sounded best on this 2003 tour. Yeah, no, fantastic version. Um, Crazy Mary, this is like 2003, the beginning of this song, just part of my pun, booming and starting to blow up. And, you know, really at this point, it's still, it's still kind of traditional. It's still kind of like the original version because Ed's not embellishing those lines that high above the trees, over the hill. He's still like very to the point, very to the level. You know, it's it's still kind of how Victoria Williams wrote it. Right, but yeah, we got to talk about it too. I think we, this might have been one of the beginnings of the of the duel because you know you see they they cut to Mike in the video before the solo and he's pointing to Boom like you go. Right. So then Boom goes off, and then when he's done, he points back at Mike, like, oh, your turn, now you go. <laughs> so they're like, they're already starting to kind of trade off and and play off it a little bit. So yeah, I can see where this that would be the next step from that is to, for them just to duel. And, and for Mike, like, he stays on his side, he doesn't go over there with him, but that's that would be the next step for them to go over and, and have the uh, have the famous duel that we talked about. But, oh, this this version of Crazy Mary is great. Another, another star by it, absolutely. Uh, one of the highlights and uh, the dual winner for this one. Oh, it's McCready. He's he's toying with Boom, obviously. He's playing Stairway to Heaven. You have to anytime you play Stairway to Heaven, you have to give edge to McCready. Yeah, he have he to. goes off. Yeah. Coming, coming in second to McCready is, is nothing to be ashamed of. No. He does, he does a great job as well. Like we said before, he's up there with Hendrix. Don't forget that. Uh, all right. Ed introduces the next one as one of the rarities. <laughs> to think of him saying this nowadays and getting this song introduced this way, you'd probably be pretty pissed off. 
him calling this song a rare, because it's not. It's been played 97 times, but back then, it was a Lost Dog. It's a B-side. I really thought that Lost Dogs was put out so they can give Down more of a spotlight, and some of those other binaural songs, too. But Down was the one I think they felt really bad that was left off Riot Act. Yeah, I think so. And, and yeah, this is only the ninth time they've done it, so yeah, kind of a really rare thing, but... Ed's really animated on it. They really have a great time with it. You can tell they love the song. He's mentioned that in, in shows before where, like, yeah, this absolutely, we like, we don't know why this wasn't on the album. It, it totally should have been. But, yeah, that, that's a good point. Like, maybe this was kind of the catalyst for for Lost Dogs. Like, maybe this was the thing that kind of tied it all together and, and made them absolutely uh, finally, like, bite the bullet on it. But, oh, yeah, it's, it's great. Like, it's great anywhere. To the point of, you know, the rarity part, I think, back then you really feel like you're getting something that you know none of the other fans you know you gotta wait for the bootlegs to come out on this because this is you know the ninth time the bootlegs aren't gonna come out for another couple months so you know uh people probably if you this was on the save you or the i am mine down is is on the bush leaguer single actually oh shit okay yeah because i i think undone is with i am mine other side is save you and, and down oh that's right undone but anyway, what I was trying to say is, like, you know, now, you know, back then, when you're waiting for the bootleg to come, you know, you're probably waiting for a song like this because you don't get a lot of versions of it. You, you, you can't go back to the binaural tour. You can't go back to the 98 or 96 tours to, to go and listen to this. So, you know, it's exciting. But now it's, it's, it's one of those lost dogs that has been a staple in the set. So if Ed ever introduced it as a rare song, he's lying out his ass. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully it'll break 100 one of these days when we stay in this next tour soon. I would think so. I would think it has an easy chance to. You, you need positive stuff. It's a good positive song. So, uh, Evolution, Daughter, Alive. Good trio to close the set here. Ed is playing around a little bit in Evolution. What happens? It looked like his mic broke or something. Like something happens in the middle. Like they, I think yeah. they're, they're rushing around. Like I think the one of the roadies has to rush out with like a new microphone or something. I thought he spilled a bottle of wine. Could have been. Because I thought I thought he had the bottle in his hand. Hmm. And unfortunately, the camera is on Mike the whole entire time. Yeah. So you don't really get to see what happens. Just kind of the aftermath of them just like picking up the pieces of crap. Mm-hmm. Maybe but, he shorted out a cord or something. Yeah. Right, 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 right. And, and to the fans... Uh, credit they they come back in that last chorus of evolution it's all it's all them it's it's a cool moment ned kind of embellishes in with it and and you know takes it in stride as as he usually does Daughter, the tag on daughter is very important because this is going to tie into what's about to come in just a couple of minutes. WMA, white male American. That's what it stands for if you haven't been following. Um, Do you think that this was in their heads that, you know, tagging daughter with this instead of bricking the wall or something like that? Like, do you think they're foreshadowing 
some shit to go down? It's it's hard to say. I mean, it's it's easy to go back and 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 say that now that we know what we know. But I mean, they they were still doing WMA a lot on Daughter. I think it's it's probably just. I think he just goes off whatever he's feeling that night. So it might have just been the 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 feeling that night he had. Like I I I I think we'd be we'd be stretching to say that it was premeditated that they that they knew what was going to happen. But it's it's great nonetheless. Like. And like we're about, you know, we're we're obviously we're on the on the verge of talking about the the main point. But what a great show this has been! Like <laughs> the first, like if if they had just come out and like if you ended it at a live, like just come out, maybe you know that there were some songs on the set list that weren't played. We'll get into it, but like a great show, like you know, and and it's it's unfortunately overshadowed by by what would happen uh, coming up. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Let's do it. Let's just rip the band-aid off and get right into it. You gotta be wondering, because they did it twice. They know they're going out. They full they're fully aware. They're fully aware of the circumstances here. And they're aware they're not aware. They don't think what's gonna happen is gonna happen. However, you know, they know that this is controversial. And to to Jeff's credit, because I think Jeff is the one that said it best. I would say three quarters of the crowd fucking booed us. It actually really bummed some of the band out. They're just like, I never want to put that song down. I actually fucking dug it. It was art. You know, they are going to get pushed back. And if you get people mad, then I guess you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, and this and this actually, we'll talk about it too. I won't, I, this kind of split the band in half. I think they were, they were divided over it because yeah. from what you read, like, you know, Mike did an interview the next day in Buffalo saying that they, they weren't going to be playing it anymore. And, like, you, from what you read, like, you know, and there's obviously the stuff in the PJ20 movie about it. There's They've got the really good video of it. You know, Mike is saying, like, he had people flipping him off. We're swinging for the I remember there was a fireman in the front row, and he was, like, showing me his badge. It was just such a bad time in American history, in my mind. And... We were trying to say what we thought. It really got to him a little bit. And Cameron saying, like, you know, getting quarters thrown at him. Like, he was like, I haven't, we haven't been, I haven't felt like that in a long, long time. When you know the crowd has turned and there are that many people, it just feels like you might not make it out of there alive. I think they were on the side of, like, we don't want to do this anymore. Like we, that was, that was not pleasant. But then you get the other half of the band with Ed and Jeff and Jeff's quote, I think is like, fuck yeah, man. Like I want to open up with this song every night. Like fuck these people. You know, we're, we're going to, we're going to be in your face about it. And Ed's obviously like, you know, he goes off on the long monologue about it. You know how he feels, but I think it's kind of like for a while, this kind of like was a division in the band. Like they didn't really know what to do. Yeah, I, I think Matt is the most prominent here because he's the one, he's feeling, you know, he said, I've never been hurt at a show before. I've never yeah. been physically harmed. Right. And that that speaks volumes to this moment. Um, it just, for lack of better words, you can't fucking do that. You can't fucking do that. Yeah. You just, like... Do you just go up to see people at a grocery store and just fucking fling quarters at them because they're wearing a shirt you don't like or some crap? You know? Yeah, it's 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 crossing a line. And it's it's funny too because when they first come out and play it, 
it it gets cheers like you hear people it gets some laughs yeah and they, and they and really it really changes when he when he makes the mask drink like it really changes yes. when he puts the puts the wine bottle up to the mask and then people are like it, you can tell the tone kind of changes like whoa okay and he puts the cigarette in the mask's mouth and he mm-hmm. caresses it and makes out with yeah. it yeah. like now this is instead of him just mocking the president and making a joke of it he's now deliberately in their minds disrespecting him right that's what this is to them and you get nothing but USA chants showering the arenas and very loud ones this is like you know when when you get flyovers happening at, at football games and they all chant USA that that's everybody whether or not they were booing them or not was 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 chiming in on this oh every time I hear this I hear the guy saying play rock and roll yeah play rock and roll that, shut that the fuck up play rock that and always roll. stands out to me every time we're swinging for the fence, got lucky with a strike. They're drilling for fear, it keeps the job simple. Born on third, thinks he got a triple. Blackout weaves this way through the city. Blackout weaves this way through the city. Blackout weaves this way. A nicotine wish and a Columbus decanter Retrenchment and hoggishness The aristocrat choir sings What's the ruckus? The haves have not a fucking clue The immenseness of suffering And the odd negotiation of rarity With onion skin plausibility of life And a keyboard reaffirmation
I busted out the nice suit for you, yeah? You didn't like that one. I don't understand. Maybe, maybe you like him because he's going to give you a tax cut. Maybe you like him because he's a real guy that relates to you because he's so down home. I'm with you, USA. I just think that all of us in this room should have a voice in how the USA is represented. And he didn't allow us our voice. That's all I'm saying. We love America. I'm standing up on a stage in front of a big crowd. I worked at a goddamn drugstore. I love America, right? This is good. This is open, honest debate. And that's what it should be. If we keep this back and forth, keep this back and forth, good things will happen. If you don't say anything, you don't know what'll happen. Because we are on the brink of forever. And if we don't participate on where this thing is going, when we're the number one superpower in the world, you want to have a part in it and make sure it's a good thing, yeah? Plus or minus, be active. This is a good thing. <laughs> so, he's, you know, he's very... He's very honest. He's very transparent about it. And, and you know, he, he's a little pissed off, but he he knows that it's not a favorable opinion and he knows that he's kind of causing a stir. And I think Stone said it in PJ20. That was Ed really trusting his instincts about a very specific thing that he needed to say. And he wanted to do it in a way that was antagonistic and it's funny too like stone's playing kind of with his head down he just doesn't want any part of it the stone is he, the the middleman right yeah exactly yeah exactly the open honest debate thing they're having an open they don't they don't care they don't care they they only care about their own self-satisfaction whether you know whether they're sensitive to it whether they're offended by it they feel like it's their personal duty their right to boo them, to make a mockery of them because they made a mockery of the president. And they're so blind to the facts. They're so blind to everything that's fucking going on around them. Yeah, and they, and they, they have a right to be angry and they have a right to be upset, but, you know, they do not have the fucking right to ever throw anything 
on stage anybody. Yeah, to them it's a black and white issue, right? It's like there was the the whole like, and I'm use this word thing like the whole jingoism around it. Like, if you don't love America, then we're against you, right? Blind you're either patriotism. you're either yeah. with us or against it. Like, you know that, and that there was so. that attitude, and like any sort of nuance or any sort of attempt to to go against that was met with sheer like, you know, a wall of resistance. Like, no, we're not hearing that right now. You know, even though. They were right in in hindsight. Like they've right. been vindicated seventeen years later, even a few years later they were vindicated. But But the same people that are in that crowd would also be throwing shit at them at, at them for wearing Trump masks. You wanna bet? No yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. That's yeah. Long Island right now. Hmm. There's still there's still those people there. There are still those people there. It just I mean, there's those people there all over the place, but you, you guys have to understand that's what, that's where I grew up. That's where I lived. I lived there for 21, 22 years of my life. I, I, I dealt with these people. I dealt and I dealt with the racism. I dealt with my dad. <sighs> I didn't know if I wanted to tell this story, but now that I brought it up, I think I have to, I was, I had a flat tire. And, uh, I called my dad and he, it was, it was on a parkway. It was on Southern state parkway. If you're, if you're taking notes at home and you're a long Islander, um, he, my dad went and picked me up, uh, you know, triple a picked up the car or whatever. And while we were waiting for triple a, a van comes up to us and, and this is a parkway cars are going down like 60, 70 miles per hour here. Like this is legit shit. So this van comes comes down and they stop and they ask us and it, it was not right of them to do this. This was a fucking stupid thing for them to do, but they're asking us where some shit is, like where a road is or how to get somewhere. And we're sitting there on a parkway, uh, basically stranded. And these people are brown. That's that's all you need to know. It doesn't matter who they are. They're brown. And I'm just. I vividly remember this is etched into my brain and my dad is kind of shoes them away or angrily tells them. And it's hard to explain because yeah, you got to go whatever in direction, but he's so mad because he has to, you know, we're in a tight, weird situation here and the car leaves and he screams, you stupid fucking terrorist. And even at that moment, look, I, I was no choir boy. I made fun of Osama bin Laden sometimes. Like, I'm, I'm not right. I'm not right in that situation. But in that moment, I couldn't sit there and just, like, laugh at my dad for saying that or, like, accept him saying that. I, I didn't say anything. I kept quiet because what else is there to do? But I also, just to tell you guys, that's not the character of my father. That's the nature of of what was going on on Long Island at the time. If we were in any other place, if we were down in Atlanta, Georgia, where you are, John, I don't think my dad would have said something like that because I don't think that there would have been that kind of vitriol. Maybe there would have been, but it, it would have been a lot different. I, there was just, it was natural conversation to say these things to people. Natural fucking conversation. And the sad thing is that that happened a thousand times in, in the country. And it still it does. A thousand times, and it, it's it's seeped into it seeped into their into the consciousness. Yeah, it's that was the that was the beginning of it. Yeah, and it's it's just mutated and and grown and and it and it blew up in in 2016. Absolutely. That right there, like 
that takes you through everybody's mindset, you know, what everybody's thinking. And this is just, it's so natural. Like, I think, I think nowadays we, we've, you know, people want to call it the PC police and I call it just, you know, being progressive and understanding that, you know, using, you know, homophobic slurs or racial slurs is just not what we do anymore as human beings. We've grown out of that. That's like, you know, that's, if you're still doing that at 45 years old, you've never grown out of junior year in high school. You know, that's, that's how I see it. So, and it just, that, that was living on Long Island and that was the lifestyle. Yeah. And the thing too is like, you've got to, you've got to break the cycle. Like these people that pass it on to their kids, like you've, we've got to get to these young people and be like, look, yeah, you hear this from your parents, but that's not the world that we want to live in. Like, we've got to break that cycle. Yeah. Yep. And it all, it all, this is why it's so important to vote and to get young people to vote because it's all up to, to them that they're going to be the generation that could save us. And if they're the generation that looks at a guy like Trump as the, their hero, then, you know, we're screwed you know, we need people to, to think like-minded and think progressive and, and think, you know, of everybody being a part of this society equally. That's how we should be working right now. And unfortunately we've made strides over the past four years to go distance ourselves from that instead of working towards that. So, um, it's, it's a real fucking shame, but we have a chance to fix it on November 3rd. So do your part. Uh, one other thing I want to mention about the, uh, quarter throw is uh, one of our listeners, Sean Grow- Growark, I believe his name is. He's uh, He lives in West Islip. I'm from Islip originally. So we're like, you know, th- that's neighbors right there, basically. Uh, he uh, he chimed in on this, and I, I actually didn't know he was from there. So that, that was a cool little, you know, cool little connection. But he chimed in on the moment because we did it. It was one of our 30 for 30 moments. Uh, you know, this is one of the thir- 30th most important parts of the band's history. Uh, he's, he said he was in the crowd and, you know, he's about 15 people away from Mike and he was 20 days removed from major neck surgery. And he said shit was flying all over his head from coins to t-shirts. And if he got hit in the head with one of those shirts, there could have been a serious problem. Hmm. You gotta, you just gotta fucking think guys. You just gotta fucking think. selfish yeah it's inexcusable there's there's no there's no need for that the crowd childish and fucking selfish yeah yeah the crowd we'll, we'll, we'll do ratings at the end of this but the crowd gets a zero 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 point zero fucking blue tarski knows that so all right finishing off the set they're supposed to do five more songs they, well, they we, we gotta talk to we gotta talk about this too because there's a what? moment right after this like I think Ed says something to Jeff and then Jeff goes and says something to Cameron. I think that was like, we're, we're cutting this shit short. Like we're doing these two songs and then we are done. Like right, this, okay. this, these next two songs are them absolutely saying fuck you to this crowd. Right. I, th- I think you mentioned this before. Ed was, was feeling okay about it and he didn't mind. And I think it was, you know, from coming from the side of Matt, especially saying, you know, we can't do this anymore. We got to cut this off. But I think too, I think they, they absolutely were they the the mood completely changes obviously 
from the crowd, but then it it changed, like the band is they're just done. Like you, you see, you look at Jeff. There's yeah. a shot of Je- there's a shot yeah. of Jeff during Know Your Rights, and he's just fucking checked out. He's like, just like, all right, fuck all you guys. I'm playing yeah. this, but oh, Know like, Your Rights. Oh, there's there's some little subtle lyric changes in, in oh. the next, both the next two songs. It's like this is absolutely them saying, fuck you. Like, oh, it, it is it is just perfect. Like this is the the perfect response, and th- this gets these get overshadowed too because. Everyone talks about Bushlicker, but I, I remember the first when I heard this bootleg, I was like, "Oh man, I want to hear what happened next," you know, and like, yeah, just furious versions of, of "Know Your Rights" and "Rockin' in the Free World," like some of the angriest you'll ever hear them on stage. Murder! It's a crime! Unless, of course, it is done by a police. that number three line number three i said number three like they just don't give a fuck at this point oh yeah know your rights is is oh it's it's the perfect song to follow up follow up push the it's, it's yep yeah it it's in the crowd obviously i'm, I'm sure none of them got it but no this, this is this is the band saying okay well we, we 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 can hit back too you know yeah Yep, and then Rockin' in the Free World, another perfect end, because, again, you're, this is sort of everybody's thought on songs like this and, and Born in the USA is that, oh, it's it's America, man, Rockin' in the Free World. You know, Trump going up to the stage and coming out to this, and, and that unfortunate son, you know, he's getting sued right and left and, and getting cease and desist from all this shit because he doesn't fucking know what these songs are about. And it's like, basically, these songs are, are telling guys like him to go fuck off. So, you know, the crowd is probably singing along and, you know, thinking, all right, yeah, back, you know, this is, this is a true American song kind of deal. They don't know what the fuck this song is about, you know? Right. And I I should say, when I gave the crowd a zero, that was no offense to our friend Sean. He, that's obviously Uh, excluding Sean gets a 10. Yeah, he's, he's excluded from that. You're, (laughs) you're, you're exempt, Sean. Don't worry. And, and, and Matt and Steve, Matt and Steve, who were there too, they, they're, they're fine. They're, they're safe on this. Yeah, but oh, and and again, just the 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 most incendiary rocking in the free world you'll ever hear. He changes the lyric to you know I try to forgive you any way I can, like speaking directly to the crowd, like, and then he he says he's a man of the people. I think it's a lie. Like, there's a lot of that stuff in here, and it's it is you know sped up to to warp speed almost. They are ready to be done with the show. Yep, not like it matters, but smile, soldier, love, indifference. We're all mm-hmm. left off the show. Yeah. Like they want to fucking smile, yeah. <laughs> or soldier lay lay down your arms and surrender. And, come mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. they're not gonna do that shit. <sighs> All right, I three moments and 
like let them be positive moments from this. Let's let's think of the positives. Yeah, like this, similar to when we did. You know, like I'm push is obviously the iconic moment. Like it, it's, it, it's in the movie. Though, yeah. It's everybody knows that it. it's it's one of it's one of it's one of those like when like you put it on that thirty for thirty list. Obviously for good reason. It's it's important. But I'll give you I'll give you three other ones. You know some honorable mentions. I'll say you know Crazy Mary. We talked about how this was maybe kind of the beginning of the, of the dueling back and forth where they're kind of pointing at each other. That was really cool. Uh, Ed giving out his phone number during Not For You. I really hope, you know, someone was, was had their pen and pe- pad and pen out and was taking notes and gave him a call. And then, uh, God, that just those first nine songs, like, I know that's ten. cheating. Like, I yeah, the first ten songs. I kind of even flow as its own separate thing. But, yeah, it was great in this as well. But Long Road, Rearview Mirror, Animal Save You, Get Right, I Am Mine, Corduroy, Present Tense, and Hiding Even Flow. Just, just perfect. Like I think all my moments are from that. Sounds sounded so good. All of it sounded yeah. so good, and it was, it really was great to listen to. Go back and listen to if you, if you if you want to go back and listen to this, like yeah, it's it's worth it's worth another listen. You can if you if you're sick of the bush Leaguer thing, you can stop before you get there. But this is this is a great show. Yeah, and honestly, one that should be talked about in a positive light before you get to the second encore because. Like I said, the first 10 are freaking phenomenal, and all of my moments are going to come from that first 10. Uh, my number three moment... Let's hear it for number three! ...is going to be Get Right, because uh, that song is now seeming to be in my good graces after just feeling like it was just a clunky live song in the past and, you know, kind of... To me, it's kind of like a, I guess, transitional song on the album, and I don't really love some Matt songs, but like this version, just when you feel a good version, it just it 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 shows. It shows that the band was on in this section, and and you know, even a song of a lesser caliber can feel good when the band is on. So that's that's my number three. Number two. Number two is the song that came two songs before that, Animal. I thought Animal was just fucking right out the gate, just furious and had, you know, had great crowd back and forth and had Stone doing those, uh, doing that stuff, a blistering mic solo. Major, major, major standout. And I can't, I can't do this show without giving Even Flow the number one spot. Number one! It is, again, if you are a guitarist, if you're a musician and you want to study, you know, the legends, this is a version you need to go out and look at and look at and, and just study and just watch what he's doing. And it's mind boggling. It's it's fantastic. It's unteachable, too. <laughs> Even though you want to study it, it's it's unteachable. But uh, but it's just, you know, it's it's incredible. And, and it's it's a moment that really should elevate Mike into the upper echelon, you know, the top 10, top five guitarists of all time. And, and you know what? Stone, Stone needs to be on one of those lists too, because Stone is just fantastic in his own right, of course. So, um, all right. Well, we're here. Um, we already said that the show kind of gets two ratings and we already said that the, the poor rating goes to the fans and the crowd that gets a zero. I don't think we need to elaborate on that. No, I think that's, that's it. That's, that's all we got. 
You know, like, if you were in that crowd and you did that, like, you fucking, you, you deserve a zero. That's, that's it. Yeah, it's too bad there weren't, you know, a hundred cell phones recording it so we could figure out who all these people were. I know, I know. And, and the funny part is all of these people are probably guys that got comp tickets from, you know, like, like you said, there was a firefighter or a police officer down in the crowd is probably somebody that got tickets from a friend or something. And, you know, like that's what happens on Long Island. People know people and that's how they go to everything. Um, and they're not, they probably never even known that this was put out on a bootleg or in a documentary. That's how far gone these people are from this. So, you know, they don't matter. And the people that don't matter don't stick around. So, um, show-wise, though, what are you going to rate it? I'm giving it a 10. Really? <laughs> Importance, it's it's right up there. It, it made the 30 for 30. The, the, the songs, like, so many great, so many great things like this. Even without Bush Leaguer, I think it would be it would be up there. But yeah, this is for all for all the reasons for for both the historical reasons, the importance reasons, just the songs like a great set list, well paced. You know, I thought it was fantastic. I'm 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 putting this. Like, I, I and I I give tens. We've been covering a lot of great shows. So I'm I've given a lot lately. But for me, a ten is like if it's in the top fifty shows in their history out of the thousands. So right, that's you know work that's out that percentage. So it's five percent, whatever. Okay, that that's I, my I'm, that's my ten. So I, this is in that this is in that. I'm gonna elaborate off of that, and I think there's a really good passage in uh, in Ronan's book, the Not for You and the Pearl Jam in the present tense. And you haven't gone out and bought it yet. What are you doing? Go out, buy the book, read the book, and you will fucking love it. Um, and I know I'm cursing so much tonight, and it, it's not really my way of doing things, but it's. This is this is what we're down to right now. We're in single digit days and until all this. So just hang with us. Um so he he mentioned something. He he mentions like different places. He's he says uh Amsterdam and Moline. He says, you know, Pink Pop and he mentions like specific places, what happened at the spectrum, what happened at this. Like you can mention these places to Pearl Jam fans and immediately they know what you're talking about. Nassau Coliseum is one hundred percent one of those places that you say Nassau Coliseum to somebody and they know exactly what happened. And for that reason, it is a ten. And I wasn't gonna give it a ten beforehand. But I think you talked me into it. I'm I'm softening up a little bit as we talked about before. You know, I, I've had moments where I've flubbed and didn't give something a ten that absolutely deserved it. Uh, but you, you just have to you have to put it up there. You have to put it up there, and it's a it's a phenomenal show before the shit hits the fan anyway. So ten tens all around. Okay, uh, you know. Like we said, just go out and vote, and next week we're going to have an early episode for you, and that is going to be on Election Day, on November 3rd. So this is this is how you're going to remember to vote. You're going to remember that we have an episode if you listen to us weekly and you know, you're know you caught up and, and try to listen to us on the day of. You're going to know that the day that we put out the episode is the day you have to vote if you haven't voted early already So or just see it as your deadline. Uh, and we just thought it wouldn't be fair to post it the day after and kind of know what the events are. Like, it just wouldn't be fair to people because obviously we'd be talking about what's going on. So, uh, so it's coming out on election day 
and then maybe we'll have a reactionary episode later that week and you know we'll, we'll talk about these things but the show we're going to be doing is the constitution hall show washington dc 1998 we haven't done a lot on the 1998 tour so this was a a voter for uh voter for choice show did they call it the voter for choice what do they call i it? think so yeah and this is a vault show too right this is a vault show yeah, yeah we, we've done a couple of vault yeah. shows and i think my goal by you know maybe the end of next year is to get to close to all of them because you know then you get the luxury to go back and listen to them on vinyl. I get to, you know, <laughs> get to download boots. So, yeah, yeah. but still listening is listening and, and it's fantastic either way. But uh, yeah, that's how we're, that's how we're going to end the whole political month. Uh, and, you know, can't say it enough. Just, Hey, ho, let's vote. <laughs> they sang it in, in this. Hey, ho, let's go. Hey, ho, let's vote. They all, they, they, they did that in 2004 a lot, I believe. Yeah, hey, and, let's vote. and like I said, it's so important. If if for some reason, if you're still on the fence about voting, please do it. Like, do it for for me, for Randy, for for Pearl Jam. Just please, if you're if for some reason, for if you're listening to this and you're still on the fence about voting, please go do it. Please, you will be happy that you did. Don't be on the wrong side of history. That's all I got to say about that. We'll see you next week. This may be the end. We're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, I miss you already, and I miss you always. Thanks, everybody. Six, seven, nine, eight, two, seven, four, six, nine, six. We're a thousand points of light for the soldier.